Online or computer-based training has become a big part of how the U.S. military develops service members. My next guest calls it an addiction and says it's got to stop. Carl Forsling is a senior columnist for Task and Purpose and former career Marine Corps officer, and he joins me now. Mr. Forsling, good to have you on. Good morning. Glad to be here. So you did a lot of things in the military that require intensive training. I guess flying helicopters would rank there. What's your take on the degree of computer-based training and how it's happening? I think generally the military does too much. It's kind of become the easy button for a lot of the uh, recurring training requirements. And anybody who's been in the military for more than a couple days knows that there's plenty of uh, recurring training and you know what might be called rote uh, learning events. And the immediate temptation is to just go straight to the computer-based training as sort of a catch-all to get those done in the, in the quickest and simplest manner, even if it's not the best manner to convey actual knowledge to the troops. Well, what are the types of things you feel that it's not as well suited for, and what did you find that they do tend to rely on it for? Because there's so many activities and skills needed by an average service member. Yes, and, and I think first, the, you know, the first part of the problem is that we've put too many things in that bag of things that the average service member has to know. Obviously, every service member has to know the tools of, of his or her job, and generally the military does a good job, at least on the initial training, of, of making sure those things are appropriately taught by appropriately trained instructors that are trained, you know, got trained to trainer training, actually know to how to teach the subject they're, they're teaching. Usually it's called general military training, and that could be anything from some very basic generic tactical skills, you know, the uh, how to set up a, a basic defense or something like that, which all service members you know, may be required to know. But more commonly, it's things like the smoking cessations, the uh, anti-alcohol training, the, the safe sex, whatever have you. A lot of these things have been lumped on by either higher commands or civilian leadership as requirements for every soldier, sailor, airman, marine, and they have to be touched upon at least annually, sometimes more often. And uh, because it's such a, a rote topic, the temptation is immediately go to computer-based training uh, because it's the quickest way to get the, the most information to the most people. The problem is that, you know, troops being troops, they find, the way, find that this is rote, repetitive, and largely pointless. So the computer-based training becomes just an exercise in how fast can you click through the screen. And the only adapt, adapt, adaptation the military does is to make it harder to click through by making the exercises harder to get through by putting scenario-based training. And sometimes it gets almost ludicrous, the uh, difficulty levels that they'll, they'll do. Um, there's a famous one uh, for computer security that involves uh, a lengthy cybersecurity scenario where you have to go through uh, every room in the building and identify the alleged cybersecurity pitfalls that exist in every office. It rapidly becomes a joke. The characters on these things become urban lore among service members, and it really serves to not convey any information. It's just a check in the box all these uh, service members try to get through so they can get back to their real jobs. If the military really cared about conveying information by just fulfilling a requirement, they would actually invest the time in teaching a NCO or an officer how to teach the subject matter and actually allot the appropriate amount of time in a classroom or in a practical setting to teach sure. people these skills. We're speaking with Carl Forsling, senior columnist for Task and Purpose and former career Marine Corps officer. It sounds like really the military is taking the approach to those types of topics that most corporations are doing now and I think getting the same type of rote results. Yes, and really it's a question of priorities. Do you really mean this or is this something you're doing just to satisfy a legal hurdle? 
and the military should have the flexibility to set its own destiny on this. The service member's time is valuable enough that we should not be doing it just to satisfy a arbitrary requirement. Either they need to know this information and it's worth investing in the trainers or in actual quality computer-based training software. I mean, if you go to any major university now, many of them spend a lot of money making uh, well-designed courseware that actually does hold the user's interest and actually does teach information. But again, that requires time, money, and effort. And training and the service member's time, and remember this time is, could be used to do those jobs that we're actually paying them to do, whether it's flying aircraft, shooting rifles, what have you. Every minute you're not doing that and you are on a shared computer in some office on a, a base somewhere, that's time and money lost that the, the military could use much better. In many ways, it strikes me as contrary to the notion that most people have is that the U.S. military organizations are not just military organizations, but in many ways, they're some of the largest training institutions that we have. So you would think that's where you would find best practices in this type of thing. But it sounds like that's not really the case, at least at the low-level types of things that have to be done for that checkbox. Oh, absolutely. And, and to be sure, when the military sets its mind to something, when it actually values a given occupational specialty, the instructors you find at most military schoolhouses are outstanding at their jobs. And in many cases, that's a coveted assignment. But anything that's not a core skill or that involves those tactics or uh, you know key military occupational specialty skills, all these ancillary things the military has decided it needs to do, it decides those are just chaff and it's not worth spending the time. Again, I'm not going to pass judgment on any individual courseware, but if you decide that you want to spend X amount of time from a service member to do this, you should spend the time to do it correctly. And, and to be sure that the military has made some strides, especially the Army and the Marine Corps, have tried to pull some of the more arbitrary and capricious training standards that uh, don't contribute to combat readiness, uh, but there's still a lot out there. And uh, there's many studies out there that show that if you were to actually complete all the required training for a given service member in terms of the stuff that's supposed to require for their specialty, plus all this ancillary general military training, you've actually exceeded the actual amount of training days in a year. So the first step is to cool down to what you actually think each service member needs to know. And then once you've decided on that, that those things are worthwhile, then you have to resource them appropriately, whether that's with a human instructor and line the time and effort for that, or whether it's actually you know hiring or you know, consultants or on contract, whatever acquisition mechanism you need to get the appropriate courseware put in the field so those people can use. And you mentioned courses on smoking cessation or alcohol abuse or safe sex. What about higher level things that are more militarily related? Like you said, setting up tactical skills and so forth. Are those, is the training that's computer based in those more military specific areas or maybe even service specific? Is that a little, tends to be a little bit better than what you get at the lower level types of training? Generally so. I think it has evolved over time, and some of the stuff has actually gotten to the formal schoolhouse of the military, and the military, again, puts that effort in there because it, it sees those things as being worthwhile. Now, at some of the uh, leadership schools, such as NCO academies, what have you, you'll still see some very check-in-the-box type training that's uh, still out there. There's a famous one that was just recently on task and purpose about the, uh, the Marine Corps, I believe it was a sergeant's course, and there was a just incomprehensible question about sexual assault and fraternization that I think was designed to teach uh, something about the Uniform Code of Military Justice and absolutely failed miserably. But uh, in terms of actual military schools, those do tend to be better. Uh, it's, again, these ones that tend to be road information that tends to be uh, not well adhered to. And, and granted, 
there are situations where there are requirements to pass this information to service members. But if the goal is to merely acknowledge receipt, then all that needs to happen is you know, the electronic version of the old school uh, message board that the service member needs to electronically sign if they've read the material and be held responsible for it. If that's all we're aiming for, then that's all that needs to happen. But if our goal is to transfer knowledge, then we have to put the appropriate effort into doing so. Carl Forsling is senior columnist for Task and Purpose and former career Marine Corps officer. Thanks so much for joining me. No problem. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks. We'll post this interview along with a link to his article at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash Podcast One to learn more and start your free trial.